our transgression, for our rebellion, for our sin, for our trespassiveness. And he was bruised. And when I saw the meaning of the word bruised, I almost cried. He said, to bruise means to beat into pieces. It means to break in pieces. It means to crush. It means to destroy. It means to humble. It means to smite. His body was crushed. You know, when we watch some of those films, we don't really understand the intensity of what he passed through. Say his body was crushed. It was destroyed. It was beat into pieces. It was broken into pieces for our iniquities. And I looked at iniquity and it says perversity, moral, evil, fault, mischief, so you find that in these two scriptures, every state we can fall in is, is provided for here. And then he says, the chastisement. I've never bothered to look at chastisement. But this evening I looked at chastisement and I saw the reproof, the warning or instruction, the restraint, the bond, the chastening the correction for our peace. The correction for our peace. The discipline for our peace. The rebuke for our peace was upon him. And then I looked at peace. Shalom. And these are the words I found in, in the Bible dictionary. It says, well, happy, welfare, health, prosperity, good health, perfect peace, good prosperity, rest, safety, completeness, holy. So when you put the chastisement and the peace together, it's like saying that the correction for our completeness was put upon him. I don't know if you understand. The rebuke for our completeness was put upon him. And then the last part there says, and with his stripes we are healed. And I looked up stripes. He says that is a wheel or black and blue mark. You know, when they flog you, those marks it leaves on your body are the stripes. Those marks itself, he said the blueness upon his skin, the bruises, the hurts, the wounds. It is not the cane. 
it is the wound itself. And he said that that wounding was, he said, by his stripes, no, with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. And I looked up healing, healed, the word healed. It says, properly to mend by stitching, that is, figuratively, to cure, to cause to heal, to repair thoroughly, to make whole again, to repair thoroughly. Tonight we are here so that God can repair our lives, repair our bodies in the name of Jesus. And to make whole. First things first. We should all agree 100% that it is the will of God to heal us. Because that's where to start. If you don't believe that it is God's will to heal you, then you wouldn't get the healing. Because whatever you don't believe in, then you don't have any right to have it. Amen? Except if God just goes beyond and decides to advertise his goodness to you. Okay, do an advertisement. Now, look at this scripture we've, we've read. I want to read it from uh, the BBE, the Bible in Basic English. I read from the BBE. I'm reading three and four. He said, men made sport of him, turning away from him. He was a man of sorrows, marked by disease. At that moment, he was carrying all the diseases that we have ever had and the diseases that we will ever have. At that moment, he was marked by disease. Do you know what it means to be marked by something? Okay, he became the significance of disease at that particular time. At that time, he became the embodiment of every disease that man will ever know. Of course, by man, I mean those who come to him. Amen. And like one from whom men's faces are turned away, he was looked down on, and we put no value on him. But it was our pain he took, and our diseases were put on him. While to us he seemed as one diseased. I don't know if you understand. The disease was actually put on him because of you and I. But we looked at him as one that was diseased. We looked down on him. But he became that imagery at that particular moment for the good of you and me.
say, on whom God's punishment had come. So God punished him at that moment so that you and I could be free. I didn't hear an amen. So that you and I can be free. So that you and I will be free. So that you and I will stay free. He said, but five, it was for our sins he was wounded and for our evil doings he was crushed. He took the punishment by which we have peace. I repeat, he took the punishment by which we have peace. So whatever makes you not to, whatever makes your heart to fret, Whatever troubles you in your mind, whatever troubles you in your body physically, he had already taken the punishment so that you can be free. Say so he took the punishment by which we have peace. It is by that punishment that we have peace. You see, what the Lord, if you read this scripture, a picture is being, is being painted. What the Lord did is actually substitution. He put himself in all the troubles that you and I will ever have. He exchanged himself for us. No wonder the Bible said that he who knew no sin was made sin so that we can what? So that we can become the righteousness of God. He became the sin. He carried the sickness. Okay, he carried the disease so that you and I can walk different. You know at times, at times we read this scripture and by our head knowledge we think it says Sorry, let me read it from the King James. Let me read it the way we read it. And I had not in front of you. Okay. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised from our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we are going to be healed. You see, two scriptures, I think it's in Peter that used where, this one used ah. And the two combined brings out something beautiful. Where means we have already been healed more than 2018 years ago. Ah healed means that even till now it's still potent. The work of healing never finished. It never spoil. Okay, the power never spoil. It's still available even right now. Amen. Let me read it from the HCSB. 
the SCSB says, Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pain. But we, in turn, regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. We think God was punishing him for something he did. But hear this. He said, But he was pierced because of our transgression, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. I like this translation. I want to read it again. He said, but he was pierced because of our transgressions. Did they pierce him? Did they pierce him? How? His side was pierced with despair. His head was pierced with thorns. His hands was pierced by nails. And the nails they used in those days were huge, mighty, gigantic logs of metal. And they used the, the hammer they used back then was a mallet. Imagine you putting up your hand and then they put a huge log of iron and drive a mallet on it. Boom! You know what a mallet is? You know that when you want to put a beacon or something, or you, or you want to pull a, a pole in the ground, that huge thing you use to hit it and it enters into the ground. Those are the kind of hammers they use. And they drove that iron through his hand and his feet. He said he was pierced. That thing that happened to him was the payment for our transgressions. He said he was crushed because of our iniquities. The punishment as they flogged him, as they spat upon him, as they reviled him, it was for your peace and for my peace. And we are healed by his words. I want you to say it out loud. Say, I am healed by your wounds, Lord. You see, he says, I am healed. And in parentheses now, you can put a parenthesis after the healed and write the name. It's an open check of any sickness, any disease, you know the name. Amen. Any, any situation that you put in there will still get healed. Because the word of God is yea and what? Never fails. Praise the Lord. Now let's look at another scripture. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. Let's go to Matthew 8 17. Are we all there? Are we all there? 
I want to read from verse 14 to 17. He says, When Jesus went into Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her. Then she got up and began to serve him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He drove out the spirits with a word and healed all who were, who were sick. 17. So that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. He himself took our weaknesses and carried our diseases. Amen. So Matthew here was quoting Isaiah 53. This place we just read directly. Isaiah 53 verse 4. He was quoting it directly. But look at the instance that led to him quoting this place. What happened? Peter's mother-in-law was ill. Had a fever. And the Bible didn't tell us what type of fever. So whatever the fever is, whatever, are you listening? Whatever that is causing you fever. Fever is a situation where the body is not sound. Abby? It's a situation where the body is troubled. It's a situation where the body is in trouble. Whatever that is causing you fever tonight, Jesus touched her hand and the fever left. Tonight, can someone just touch the hands of Jesus tonight? And every fever will leave. In the name of Jesus. And as if that was not enough, he said, after that, they brought him many that were demon-possessed and that were sick. I want you to look at verse 16. He said, when evening came, they brought him many who were demon-possessed. He drove out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Sometimes certain sicknesses, it could be maybe you overworked yourself, it could be something, but it could also be a literal presence of a demon that is causing the problem. But whichever case is, whichever case it is, <laughs> Jesus is beautiful for every situation. Even if it was not a demon, maybe it was Lucifer himself that possessed. Jesus will still drive him out. Amen. And he healed all that were sick. Praise the Lord. And then Matthew realized this is a manifestation of what the prophet Isaiah spoke in Isaiah 53, verse 4. Say so he himself took our weaknesses and carried our diseases. Praise the Lord. Look at the message translation of that verse 17. He said, He fulfilled Isaiah's well known sermon. Okay, uh, prophecy is a sermon from the Spirit of God. He fulfilled Isaiah's well known sermon 
He took our illnesses. He carried our diseases. I want you to put your hand upon your chest and say, Lord, you have taken away my illnesses. And you have carried away my diseases. Therefore, I am healed. Amen. Now, let's go to another scripture. Jesus took our infirmities, our diseases. He took the cause of our sickness and our disease. Let's go to 1 Peter 2 verse 24. 1 Peter 2.24 Are we there? Are we there? 2.24 now, let me read the King James first. Say, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Is that in your Bible? He bear our sins on his own body on the tree on the cross of Calvary. And he said that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Jesus did two things. Our Lord himself, the Holy One, became a sin-bearing Lord. I don't know how you can match the two. He's holy and he's righteous, but at that moment, so that the work of redemption may be done and completed properly, to pay the price, he had to bear the, the sins of the whole world. And he did not bear spiritual, he bear it on his body. It is not a figure of speech. The Bible says that he buried on his body on the tree. He's not talking about a spiritual tree. Upon, you know, the cross must have been cut out from a tree. As the wood must have been cut out from a tree. Upon that tree, upon that cross, as he was hanging there, the sin of the whole world was upon him. So that what can happen? He said that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Jesus bear the sin so that you and I can live unto righteousness. Amen. And he said, by whose stripes, by whose wounds ye were healed. It is not as if he's about to do the healing now. The healing has been done a long time ago. 
What he's about to do now is that when your eye open, <coughs> I'm using that term, when your eye open to the word of God and you connect by faith, you will receive that which he has already done. Amen. It is just to download and receive what he has already done. And tonight we will receive our portion in the name of Jesus. Look at what the HCSB said, by his wounding you have been healed. <laughs> by his wounding you know, that time they thought they were really while I were dealing with this Jesus. As they were wounding him, it was for you and I to stay healed. It was for you and I to stay whole. It was for you and I to stay complete bodily. Amen. Say the, the object of the Lord's sin bearing being made sin for us so that we might be free from sin then the object of his sickness bearing was that we might be free from sickness so he bore sin so that we may be free from sin so he bore the sickness so that we may be free from sicknesses I always remember this interview I watched the late Papa Hagen Papa Hagen said that all it took to raise his son and his daughter, all it took to raise them was $58.48. And everybody said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, that when Ken was born, that the hospital charged $24 for the delivery. When the daughter Pat was born, that they went to another hospital that gave a discount to pastors, and that one charged only fifteen. <laughs> if you say a pastor fifteen, and that was all the money he spent until they became grown. Apart from their feeding, you know, he's not counting feeding and all that. That was the only money he paid out from his pocket. Ask him, what do you mean? Are you saying that Ken has never had a fever? He said, no, Ken has had a fever. But that Ken learned early in life to receive his healing from God. That he taught the two of them the principles of divine healing. And one day, is the owner of uh, TBN that was interviewing him. The man asked him, I want to ask you categorically. Look into the camera and answer me. Have you ever had a headache? And he was already 83 years old then. He said, in my 83 years, if you subtract the 16 years when I was bedridden, at that time I had everything Satan could offer. If you subtract that 16 years, the rest of the years, I have not had a headache. Man said, is it possible? He said, listen, I didn't say that Satan has not tried to lie to me that I have a headache. 
I didn't say that I've not seen symptoms of some things that look like headache. But as it came, I rejected it by the word of God. I despised Satan. And he left. I looked at him. You mean for 70 something years you kept despising Satan and rejecting headache and he left? He said, yes. I made it a habit. Make living by the word of God your habit. So that whenever it comes, at any time, you will not mistakenly accept. You will just react because it has become a habit and reject it. So he told this story. Everybody listen. He said when he was a younger pastor, as in younger than the 83, that one day, in those days that he was still holding tent meetings and moving around, the pastor that he was in his church told him, Brother Hagen, all through his years they called him Brother Hagen. I said, Brother Hagen, is it okay? If tonight I want to bring in a woman that is crippled. Crippled. He said, This woman has not worked even a little while. In the past three years, she has been on a wheelchair. She has been waited upon. This woman has been certified crippled, and the doctors have told her that she will never walk again. I said, Can we bring in the woman? He said, Yeah, of course, bring in the woman. And then, after preaching, as he was ministering, he said, He means that the, that the healing queue was so long. That by the time he got to the woman that he was physically tired and the anointing lifted. That usually when he ministers that he ministers under a tangible anointing. But at that particular time the anointing lifted because his body is weak and so he couldn't yield totally again to the spirit. So the spirit left him. But as he sat down there that they brought the woman from a very far distance. And he asked himself, what do I do? Should I tell them to go and come back another day when the anointing is present? <laughs> and he said no. But the Holy Spirit whispered to him that the word of God is always present and it is always anointed. You see, the tangible anointing can lift. Okay, but the word of God is always present and always anointed. So they brought the woman in the wheelchair and kept on the, on the podium. And he sat uh, on the steps beside the woman. And he looked at the woman. And he opened Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. And said, Sister, please help me read this scripture. And the woman read it and by the time the woman gets got to, by his stripes, we are healed. The woman says, What? It was the expression of the woman. He said, What? He 
say here? Read that part again. And the woman read it again. By his stripes we are healed. He says, sister, read it again. The woman read it again. Read it again. The woman read it. Read it again. The woman read it. He says, sister, tell me. Apply that scripture to your life. What does that scripture say? I'm healed. As simple as that. That's what the scripture says. And he looked at her. Said, do you believe that you are healed? One said, if the Bible has said it, I believe it. And the next thing, he told the woman, sister, do something else for me. Now lift up your hand to heaven and begin to worship God for your healing. And the whole church was still looking at him. So the woman opened her mouth. Now, it was what the woman said that shook everybody. The woman opened her mouth and said, Oh boy, close the net now. You want mosquitoes to flood everywhere. You're leaving the net wide open. They say you should open louvers, not net. But the woman lifted up her hands and said, Dear Father God, thank you for opening my eyes today. Thank you. Because from this moment onwards, nobody needs to wait on me. Thank you, because I don't need to be an invalid, a cripple any longer. Thank you, because I'm healed. As the woman was saying that, people in the church started crying. And then, she now told the entire congregation, join and begin to worship God for her healing. But she was still physically in the, in the wheelchair. Thank God for her healing. Thank God, worship the Lord because she's walking. The woman said, yes, Lord, Father God, thank you because I'm walking. But physically, she was still on the wheelchair. The woman said, thank you, Jesus, I am walking. But she was still on the wheelchair. Thank you, Jesus, I worship you. I'm walking. I am running. I am walking. Thank you, Lord. And when she finished that, the Papa Hagen got up, cleaned his trousers. Say, sister, will you do the next night I ask you to do? She said, yes. He said, now get up and walk obey the word of God. And the woman just did. Said, okay, if the word of God says so, this woman has not walked in three years. She stretched her leg out of the wheelchair, took one step and got up. Stood for a while. And people were still shouting. And then the woman started walking gently. And people were still shouting. And then she started running. An old woman. She now started running. And was screaming. Hallelujah. I am walking. I am walking. And the whole church broke into two. What is the Lord saying tonight? That the word of God is quick. It is quick. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It will go right into where that problem is and cut it out. You see, you can, most of times, we go as far with God as in receiving his promises as much as we trust in the word of God. It's as far as we go. I said when God decides, decides to just advertise his power. And he does that sometimes. 
And according to him, that the following day, that people started sp spreading malicious rumor that that brother Hagen healed somebody last night. He said he had nothing to do with it. It was the word of God. It was not even the anointing that was on him. It was the word of God that healed the woman. And tonight you can receive your healing by just trusting the word of God. By just taking the word of God. The rarity, the rawness, the power that is in the word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then let me not bore you. So we have seen three scriptures all testifying the same thing. We saw the scripture in Matthew still testifying of Isaiah 53. We have seen First Peter also making reference to Isaiah 53. And the scripture said that out of the mouth of what? Two or three witnesses, what happens? A word is established. Meaning that that word is sure. It is not because they didn't have anything to say again. So they were, they started repeat, they started repeating what each other had said. No. It is for a purpose. To make us know that there is no vagueness in that word. It is sure. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm sure we know that scripture. He said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is a new creation. All things have passed away. And look, new things have come. You know, this place is referring to the spirit of man. The spirit of man becomes a new creation. Amen? Because it's not as if you're going to get a new face or a new body. No, that's not what he's talking about. The spirit of man becomes a brand new creation. Because there have been some people, if you read some commentaries, they will tell you that those scriptures, that that Isaiah was referring to a spiritual healing, not a physical healing. And that's a huge error. Jesus was talking about the physical healing of the body. If you look at the New Testament, it said, oh, how God anointed what Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and doing what? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Let's go to that scripture. Let's understand something from that scripture. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Don't worry, we'll soon pray. We'll just spend some time to pray and stand on the word of God. I want someone to read the King James for me very loud. Very loud. To shout that scripture. Shout it, the King James. 
Acts chapter 10 verse 38. See how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, we Holy Ghost and, and with power. Uh -huh. He went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Amen. You see, there's a comparison here. There's a contrast. Jesus is the one that will do you good. Amen. He's the one that comes to do you good. And what is the definition of the word good? It is simply good. Good is good. Is there anybody else who doesn't know what is good? Eh? Good is good. See how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. This place tells us that there is an illness that comes as a result of demonic oppression. Who is the oppressor? The devil is the oppressor. It's the devil that is oppressing you with the fever. It's the devil that is oppressing you with the pain. Because some people, I have met people that say that this sickness is of God. It is to teach me a lesson. God does not use sickness to teach you a lesson. Who were oppressed of the devil? Oppressed of the devil. Whatever the situation is an oppression of the devil. And how do you treat devil? Are you serious? A whole us, the descendants of Shalom, we don't know what we do to devil. You cast him out, the, and then what else do you do to him? Huh? Okay, you give what to the devil, you bind him, you cast him out, you resist him, you command fire to burn him, you, you command earthquake, you command tornado, you command. <laughs> everything commandable in the arsenal of God I like it, you command it okay, but I like the last that first answer you cast him out but how come we don't treat sickness and disease as severely as we treat Satan if it comes to that one we begin to understand if it comes to that one we meddle down uh, you know, uh, I think I overworked myself. Uh, I think it's just mosquito that beat me last week. Uh, I think it must have been that thing that I tried to carry. Uh, it must have. So you give excuses for the oppression of the devil. The word of God is saying that we should treat sickness and the same way we treat Satan. Which is the same way we should treat sin. You get away from it. We are not permitted to cohabit with sin. We are not permitted to cohabit with Satan. And we are not permitted to harbor sickness or disease. 
But am I saying that if you get sick, it is as a result of your sin? That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about what we are going to do tonight. Amen. This is to charge your faith. This is to recharge the faith again. Cast it out. He said he went about healing all that were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And the scripture tells us that Jesus Christ said the same yesterday. He stayed the same today. And forevermore he remained the same. He doesn't change. The same Jesus that did it back then. He will still do it for us tonight in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'll just take two. Okay, just three more scriptures and we'll close. So look at Luke chapter 13 verse 16. Let's go to Luke 13. So Satan is the oppressor and Jesus is the deliverer. Luke chapter 13. Emphasis is on verse 16, but we need to backtrack a little bit to get that story. Luke 13. I want to read from verse 10 to verse 16. Are you with me? I read from verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. How many years? Imagine what it means to be sick 18 good years. 18 years of arthritis. It must be one of either tragedies because she was bent over. Uh -huh. It must be one of it. It must be a type of arthritis. Arthritis, when it affects the hand, you cannot stretch it out. If it affects a leg, you can't stretch out the leg. So this one must have been arthritis of the waist. Okay, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> yes, it's a spirit. Yes, that's the real name. It's, it was an evil spirit. He said, Behold, a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And see how wicked this spirit is. Is to make her bent over for 18 years. Please, Chisholm, come. I separate you from the demonstration you're about to do now in Jesus' name. I need you to bend over. Now, try and walk. Imagine walking like this for one year. Can you imagine that? The pain that her waist must be having. Because the weight of the body is now separated. And she's just hanging like this. 
everything she eats will flow back to her head. For 18 good years, Satan punished this woman and kept her like this. I'm sure people must have given her a name. That woman that is bent over. Good morning, Mrs. Bentover. People must have mocked her. People must have laughed at her. Look at this woman that cannot stand up. I don't know what people are laughing at you about. Is that what the world will ask, whether it is her fault? The world is extremely judgmental. Imagine the pain of walking like this. Oh, good morning, now you? 18 years. 18 calendar years. 365 days times 18. Calculate the number of years that she was in that position. And could in no wise lift her, lift up herself. And you know the funny thing? If you stay in one position long enough, the body will start getting used to that position. So it was even difficult to even make her straight. Verse 12. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. Tonight the Lord is calling you to himself. In the name of Jesus. And said unto her, Woman, Thou art loose from thy infirmity. I repeat, man, woman, thou art loose from whatsoever infirmity in the name of Jesus. And the scripture said in verse, in verse 13, he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Tonight, the hand of the Holy Spirit is upon every one of us tonight to make us straight, to make every crookedness straight in the name of Jesus. And then look at verse 14. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said to the people, There are six days in which men ought to walk. In any of them, therefore, come and be healed. But there is no healing available for you on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath day, if you are in bondage, remain in bondage. You see how men agree with Satan to keep people in bondage. Say, but on the Sabbath day, there is no healing. Say, not on the Sabbath day. Because if you get healed on the Sabbath day, you have committed sin. It is sinful to be healed on the Sabbath day. <laughs> and he couldn't even show the woman mercy. Look at verse 15. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite. I like to call it hypocrite. <laughs> it makes it more severe. Thou hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his ass from the store 
and lead them away to watering. What was Jesus saying here? Do you not lose? It is not by mistake that the word lose is there. Do you not get up in the morning on a Sabbath, whatever the name of the day, you still lose. You lose anything that is bound so that it can be watered. You can lose ordinary oxen. You can lose asses. But you don't want a human being to be loosed. Because of the Sabbath tradition. It may not be Sabbath tradition. It may be the traditions of men. Our greatest problem is our mindset. Because from childhood, they have taught you that those things happen, that the miracles that happened, that they happened in those days, that they no more happen now. So it has become part of your belief. So now you're born again, but your mindset is, yes, I am here to suffer anything Satan hits me with. Don't worry, when I get to heaven, I shall be whole. I am open to disease here. Disease, come and strike me. Don't worry. It is a sign of my piousness. It's a sign of how close I am to God. He said, you lead him away to the watering and look at the question in verse 16. And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan had bound lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day Tonight, it doesn't matter how long that bondage has been there. Because there is a losing tonight. In the name of Jesus. These 18 years be loose from these bonds. I decree the losing of every bond. In the name of Jesus. And look at verse 17. It says, and when he has said these things, and when he has said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced at the glorious things that were done by him. Tonight there will be a rejoicing in the heavens over every one of us tonight in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter how far gone and how far dead and how far bad it is. You see, sickness is, is a much, much more favorable situation than death. But if the Lord still handled the cases of death and brought them back to life, he is more than able, I repeat, he is more than able to handle sickness. You're... you're your amen is not sounding like you believe it at all. It's Sister Matthew, Sister Sarah, they say the amen is not sounding. Eh? Praise the Lord. 
Somebody shout it, hallelujah. John 10, 10. Let's, let's round up. John 10, 10. Just two more scriptures. I said three. Just two more. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And tonight we need to put things in perspective again. I want us to read it together. One, two, go. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. pray this word will become life. It will come alive in the heart of someone tonight and bring forth a miracle in the name of Jesus. Say, a thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. You say, the message translation says, a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. <laughs> Look at here. He broke that life into two. I came that they can have real and eternal life. Okay, comma. More and better life than they ever dreamt of. I want you, everybody, close your eyes. Now, I want you to imagine the best life according to the word of God. What is your imagery? What is your imagination of the best life? best life that you can have according to the word of God what is, the, what is your imagination what do you think the best life will be think about it for a few seconds now but this word is saying that you have much more than you can imagine you will have a life that is better than your best imagination Please, can you open your eyes before you pass on to sleep? I'm seeing some people's eyes are dim. <laughs> yes, Sister Mesoma, God bless you. Your eyes are very dim. <laughs> before the next day, we'll now be... <sighs> and when they ask you, they say, Pastor, ask us to imagine something. <laughs> this scripture says that we can have much more than we can ever dream of. Have it more abundantly. Please, does anybody have the Amplified? Please, Mark, can you read Amplified for us? John 10, 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I came that they may have, not just having it, enjoy life. Uh-huh. 
have this life in abundance, not scarcity of life, not managing to live. Live life to the fullest till your life is overflowing, till the goodness of God is overflowing in your life. <laughs> in the university, I had to understand that becoming a child of God does not necessarily turn you into a I don't know how to put it not to incur the wrath of some English people here. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean you know there is this image that was painted back then that if you give your life to Christ it means you become beggarly it means you you become the lowly of the society am I lying is, is that not the image that was created is the mindset a lot of people had too but some people had it man you were a special a special situation from heaven <laughs> Many people then, those who came from assemblies and all those people, SU. I attended SU a little bit in, in the university. SU and SCM. Is it the SU that is very big? Or that mindset? <laughs> so they make you don't desire for anything good. Don't aspire for anything good. And that made a lot of people say, if this is how and what it means to be a Christian, I don't want to be like this. But look at this scripture that they may live the life to the fullest till the blessings of God overflow. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth you know, there's a way the power of God will so fill your life. And there's a way your word will, not, will begin not to fall to the ground. Is there anything you will lack in such a state? As long as you're not speaking those words to consume upon your own lust. You will definitely have abundance. Reminds me of that testimony of that guy who was running an orphanage, a pastor. He used to collect every child that is to be thrown away. He would go and beg you, give me the child. And in that area, there was a lot of immorality. People were throwing away children. And in his household, he had about 50-something children. And all of them were now bearing his name. So, to rub insult into the injury, thanks you already had, government now cut off their funding. Government denied them of funding. Food finished in the orphanage. It simply finished. And his wife ran to him, honey, Pastor, 
if we cook this one this night, eh, there will be nothing for the money, no. He said, cook it. The woman cooked it. And they gathered and they ate. In the morning, he called all the children. Say, set the table. Set the plates. Set the spoon and fork. <laughs> set the cups. Bring a pot and put on the table. Empty plate. The wife looked at him and started praying for her husband. Oh God, has my husband gone mad? <laughs> oh Lord, what is my husband doing? Oh Lord, deliver my husband from this madness. And after they finished setting the table, all the children around that table they all sat down so let's join us together and thank God for the food his wife knew that there was no food so they went bent down and started crying and he rebuked her he said woman stop that nonsense and they joined hands and they started thanking God oh Lord we worship you for the wonderful meal you've given us Oh Lord, thank you. Because we are going to eat like we've never eaten before. And after praying, the woman was doing, Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. chicken today. God bless you, sir. And they started worshipping God. They ate, they ate, they ate, they ate. The woman was on the floor crying. The woman didn't tell the children what was making her cry. It was a cry of repentance for doubting the power of God. As it finished, as it finished breakfast, He got to evening. He called them to gather again. And set an empty pot. By now, the woman was now the one that set the pot quickly. And they joined hands again and said the grace. And the same thing happened. For the next three months, it happened twice every day. Morning, night. Until the day government announced, okay, we have restored your funding. It ceased.
Jesus wants us to walk in. I am one of those people that say, Kai, it is not easy. But you know, as I was, as I was reading that scripture today, I kept hearing it in my heart. It is very easy. It's as easy as you believe. It's as easy as you believe. It is as easy as you dare the Lord to go. It's as easy as you dare to walk with the Lord. It is how far you walk with him. It is how far you dare. You see, Peter could have come out from that boat and only put one leg inside water and still go back inside and brag. At least I had the mind to put one leg inside water. At least there are fishes, but I had the mind. All you others, did you even have the mind to put your leg inside water? Peter looked into that sea and must have seen some, because they were already in the middle of that river. And must have seen the big fishes under. Probably may have seen snakes. Probably may have seen everything that could have frightened him. But Jesus said, come. Maybe he saw empty sand. He don't know what it is. And it will be quicksand. You put your leg, you go in. But as long as Jesus said, come. And tonight he's saying, come. Amen. He's saying, come. Because he's ever willing and ever ready to take away these things. This nyama nyama, these things. He's ever willing and ever ready to do it. As long as Peter kept his mind on that word, come, and kept his heart on Jesus, he was walking on the water. But as long as Peter's mind wandered to, eh? But now what are they crazy? Are they walking on top of water? You know how he, you know how this house of people say, me, I decrease, I walk on top of And then he now looked down and saw the deep blueness under. If, if you have lived around the various place, you know what I mean by the deep blueness. The deeper it is, the more blue and alluring he will seem. No, it's just near. Jumped in. It is very blue. It is shining. Peter looked in and saw the deep blueness. Ha! Where am I, Peter? How stupid are you? And he said. <laughs> I will keep my word. The last scripture. <laughs> First John three eight. Although another scripture has come to my mind, but I'll keep my word. The last scripture. First John three eight. I can use the other one when we are praying. At least that one you will not say that I'm still reading. I want someone to read first John chapter three verse eight for me. Allow reader, a man preferably. The men have been quiet all this was. Let's see whether the men are in the house. Brother Chisholm, I promoted it to. I promoted it to manhood temporarily now. 
Yeah, he's a man in the making. Yes, read for me. Loud. He that committed sin is of the devil. Yes. For no, Chisom, read it gently and with authority. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. That he might do what? Oh, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth who went about doing good and doing what? And healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Healing all that were suffering from the works of the devil. Healing all that were carrying the works of the devil in their bodies. Healing all that were suffering from one filthy oppression of one demon or the other. How God anointed him. And he's here tonight. He said, for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest, or was manifested, that he might destroy I repeat, that he might destroy, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Stand on your feet. So for this purpose, Jesus came. Jesus didn't come so that you will start to understand the works of the devil and learn how to manage it. Jesus didn't call you to become a manager of the works of the devil. He came that he may destroy the works of the devil. I want you to lift up your hands to heaven. If there is anything that will make God not to hear your prayer tonight, say, Lord, I am sorry. Repent of every transgression, of every iniquity. I'm not asking you to think. This is not the time to think. Open your mouth and say, Lord, forgive me. Whether it be a thought, whether it is an action, whatsoever it is, Lord, forgive me. 